This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not trying to remove Donald Trump from the ballot in California. Dig this. Just one day after Colorado filed their motion, as I predicted, another liberal state trying to kick Trump out of the election. That's not right. We're going to get into it with one of Trump's biggest opponents right now, Nikki Haley, who is surging uh, in the primary field, not really closing the gap against Trump, uh, but she is definitely making moves on Ron DeSantis. Get him out of here. Get him out. Banner day on the show. We're going to be joined by Jenny Fela. Lincoln Fela is going to be here as well. And Diamond Dave Landau helps me close out my final live broadcast of the year. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the action. You know the rule. It's been the same rule all year this year that it was last year, that it was the year before that. This show is almost three years old, and we've had one rule every dang day. It could be a Republican, it could be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... There it is. Happy Thursday. Uh, next week, you'll hear me on the radio, but I'm putting together pre-taped episodes for the holidays just so we get some you and me time. And I'm going to go pull some of my favorite interviews and record a lot of silly intros and make fun of stuff and have a good time. But the point is, I have right now at my disposal after today, I have six days off, uh, which is the most concurrent days off I have had Probably, uh, man, That's a, I, I probably have to go back like 10 years. So I'm excited. I'm going to be hanging out with Lincoln. We're going to the Steeler game in Pennsylvania this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, then I'll have Christmas Eve with my family in New York for two days. Then I'll have Christmas with Jenny's family in Ohio for two days. And then this time, one week from today, I will be back here at Fox. I'll be on The Five. I'll be hosting Greg Gutfeld's show. Uh, you'll see me all over your TV next Thursday and Friday. In the meantime, though, we got three hours to make the magic happen, girl. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? That's the spirit. Here we go. So California, I said this yesterday on the show. I said the minute Colorado, the minute, the minute they jumped in there and they're like, nah, the guy can't be on the ballot. First of all, it's a scam. Colorado is using as a justification for removing Trump from the ballot the 14th Amendment which says someone who leads an insurrection against the government is not fit to lead it. Okay, there's only one small problem. Donald Trump has never been charged or convicted of leading an insurrection. Bingo. Never. Okay, he is not currently indicted for leading an insurrection. Okay, there is no world where he is legally or factually linked to an insurrection. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, cable news shows might say it's an insurrection. You know, Joe Biden might get out there and say it's an insurrection. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. Seriously, I don't know that anybody takes anything Joe Biden says serious. But the point is, 
okay, there is no factual basis for calling him an insurrectionist. Donald Trump did not lead people into the Capitol. He said, go down there, peacefully protest, let your voices be heard, which is a far cry from break stuff. But they're running with this. Why? Because they're in a desperate spot. Biden is losing to Trump at the polls. It's narrow. It's not as big as like Nikki Haley's beating Biden by 15 points, 18 points, like killing him. Like Nikki, if they were running tomorrow because abortion is such a pivotal issue for the Democrats, Nikki Haley guarantees the Republicans the presidency. What Donald Trump guarantees Republicans is the fight they really want against the establishment right now. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Okay, people are fed up because they're watching the government weaponize its leverage, utilize, okay, uh, a means to upend our freedoms, okay, and to be clear, trample our democracy in the name of protecting it is what they're trying to tell us. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. No, you don't understand. Democracy's under attack, so we got to take our opponent off the ballot to protect democracy, but you just attack democracy. If you're taking your opponent off the ballot, that's not democracy. That's what they do in Russia. That's what they do in a third world nation. But let me tell you why California did this, to be very clear. The Supreme Court is going to throw this out. There's no world, none, zero zip zilch. There is no world where Donald Trump will wind up not being on the ballot. The reason these maneuvers are about to come fast and furious, are you ready for it? I own a politics to English dictionary. All I have in life is instinct, okay, is horse sense, is an ability to read the motives of other people who are moving on us in devious ways. That's what driving a cab is. You've got to figure out who wants a ride home and who wants to ride home with your head in the trunk of the car, okay? That's what driving a cab is. You know, in the beginning, you've always heard that, you know, they say, oh, there's a cab driver. You have a profile? Refuse to pick somebody up who looked dangerous? The answer is actually no, because when you drive a cab 12 hours a day, you want to die. Okay, if I didn't pick you up, it's because you didn't look dangerous enough. But the point is, I know who the bad guys are in this world. And anytime somebody is telling you that they're protecting something by destroying it, they're completely full of So where are we on this Trump thing? Why are they going to keep mounting these legal challenges? Some people say, well, you know, just because they want to make it harder for him to run. (laughs) Not that. Well, you know, they want to cause chaos, you know, get people so sick of this Trump guy, they move to another camp. (laughs) Okay, those are plausible theories. But we're about to see probably 15 states try this same maneuver in the next two weeks. You want to know why? Are you ready for it? And it sucks, and I hate to say it. They are hoping some right-winger, okay, some group that's been infiltrated by two or three feds does something stupid, breaks something, okay, attacks something, punches something, okay, something that would constitute violence, something that would give them the means of, say, January 6th to justify some type of an extreme crackdown on the way we vote in the next election. Like the Supreme Court is not taking Trump off the ballot, you understand. But if they can get, you know, three chunky white guys, okay, to go take three shots at something with a musket, they can be like, see, the insurrectionist violence. We can't vote in person this time around. You got to text all your votes. To Hunter Biden's laptop. That's how it's got to go. Hunter's a dirtbag. I don't quite mean that laptop, but the point is they are hoping and praying to utilize some type of right-wing pushback as a justification for trampling even more of your freedoms. That's what they did with January 6th. The reason they play up January 6th as much as they did. It was bad. I mean, we condemn political violence all the time. 
But if you compare January 6th to the political unrest we saw in the, top, in the summer of 2020, sadly, January 6th doesn't make the top 25 violent political protests in the summer of 2020. Okay? Whether we're talking about the night they lit CNN on fire, whether we're talking about the night, well, there's multiple nights they lit the courthouse on fire in Portland, whether we're talking about um, $10 billion worth of overall property damage, 42 actual deaths, Okay, there were nights at the White House where they hit Secret Service men with so many bricks and rocks that Trump was taken into a bunker underneath the White House. It got so fierce they had to put up an additional fence around the White House. Okay, so is January 6th bad? Yeah, I was on the radio real time going, you can't do that. Not good. Bad. Not good. Okay, but is it in the top 25 most violent political protests of the Trump era? The answer would be no. Not even close. Sadly, I don't like that we're in this position. But the Democrats take a moment from the right, and it's like throwing water on a gremlin. They amplify the reach of the event times a trillion. Okay, we are in that provocative period now where they're actively throwing matches on a powder keg. Okay, Jonathan Turley said it on our air. I'll play it for you one more time, and then I want to give you some other legal reaction. Because even CNN, CNN, CNN is saying that this is a trampling of Trump's due process. CNN is the worst. Maybe so, but they got this one right, and I'll always give them credit when they do. Okay, here is Jonathan Turley. Okay, clip 13. This country is a powder keg, and this court is just throwing matches at it. And I think that uh, it's a real mistake, but I think that they're wrong on the law. This is a time when we actually need democracy. We need to allow the the voters to vote. We need to hear their decision. And the court here just said, you're not going to get that. Uh, in Colorado, we're not going to let you vote for Donald Trump. Ow. And, you know, you can dislike Ow. Trump. You can believe he's responsible for January 6th. But this isn't the way to do it. I mean, it is... You know, for the people that say they're trying to protect democracy, this is hands down the most anti-democratic opinion I've seen in my lifetime. Seriously. And which is basically a fancy way of saying this is total crap. Total, total crap. Okay, we're protecting democracy by taking our opponents off the ballot. You see, stop lying to us. That's exactly what they're doing because they're not protecting democracy. If anything, okay, they're making everyone less safe right now. Okay, I don't know if you know this, folks. We're in a really bad place. Like, I actively come on the radio every day with one note in my head. Keep things cool. I know you're covering a lot of hard news. Try to keep people cool. Millions of people listen to the show around the country. Try to get the vibe somewhere decent. Because the vibe is somewhere awful right now. And believe me, I am not a good person. Like, I mean, I understand I mean well. But I'm not telling you I'm like, uh, I walk around, uh, it's just like this virtuous, wonderful being. I'm a hot mess. I play video games with my son. I hang out with my wife. That's what I do. Okay, but I'm not like on some type of messiah crusade where I think I could save the world. I'm just a guy who genuinely wants to help. Okay, and the point is, when CNN is sticking up for Donald Trump, people are doing something completely wrong. You're absolutely right. Here is Ely Honig on CNN, clip seven. So I think the Supreme Court is going to take this case, and I think the Supreme Court is going to reverse the Colorado Supreme Court. I halfway agree with Bob. I halfway disagree with Bob. I disagree with him on whether the term a, an officer of the United States includes the president. There's sort of linguistic exercises you can do either way. But I think it's worth noting all seven justices didn't have a problem with all officers of the United States, including 
including the president. And also just logically, if you're going to have a provision in the Constitution that says anyone who engages in insurrection can't serve for future office, it would be bizarre if the highest office was right. exempt that was from that. But do you understand the key words there? Anyone, okay, is what they're adjusting this on, anyone who engages in insurrection. Okay, Donald Trump is not charged, okay, or accused or indicted of insurrection. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. So we're hinging this whole thing on a pretend crime. Okay, it would literally be like barring him from running because he didn't help Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2. Hey, that's child neglect. You saw it right there in the movie. They're in the airport at O'Hare. Trump could have helped that little kid. He didn't help him. Even after the director yelled cut and they went over to the craft services table and they had food. Didn't help him. Child neglect. You're like, hey, but it wasn't his child. It was a movie set. You shut up, you insurrectionist. That's how this works now. Okay. Bill Barr, who tells you all the time, he's no fan of Trump personally, but would vote for him over any Democrat. Okay, laid it out pretty straightforward. Here it is, clip one. I think this kind of action of stretching the law, taking these hyper-aggressive positions to try to uh, knock Trump out of the race uh, are counterproductive. They backfire. As you know, uh, he, he uh, feeds on grievance, just like a fire feeds on oxygen. And this is going to end up as a grievance that helps him. See, there you go. He's calling it a grievance that helps Trump. I admire your honesty. Okay, because again, him and Trump hate each other. But here is Joe Scarborough trying to take this in a completely different, different direction. Why? Because Joe Scarborough hates himself. The seething contempt he has for Trump voters is there so he doesn't have to look inward at the thing he hates about himself. To give yourself two seconds tomorrow, me and my buddy Dean used to do that when you're changing channels. Like once in a while you hit MSNBC and you just see Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski listening to like one of their guests who's with them over the phone. And their resting faces are so drenched in disgust and just contempt for the entire idea of even being alive. These are miserable, loathsome human beings who, oh, by the way, had Trump on their show every damn day until he blew up in politics and dwarfed them in the media in terms of relevance. And that's what so much of this animus is about. But here's Joe Scarborough saying Bill Barr was wrong, clip two. I think Bill Barr was wrong to dismiss it out of hand and saying it was, quote, stretching the law. It's not stretching the law. The second thing is, again, how anybody that supports Donald Trump can say with a straight face that this is anti-democratic. As Sam said again, this goes back to January the 6th. The most anti-democratic actions that were taken against the United States of America since Fort Sumter. And this guy's a serious ass. Okay, he says it's not stretching the law. Okay, it's beyond, it's ripping the law in half. You know when you're stretching a piece of gum so far wide in either direction you can no longer see the center and it's that thin and then there's just nothing left of an attachment? That's what they're doing to the law. Okay, they're taking him off the ballot and they're using a crime as a justification for doing so that he's not actually charged with. This is the political equivalent of getting mad at somebody for something they did in your dream. Okay? This is not real. This is kangaroo stuff. This is clown stuff. And Joe Scarborough will get out there and defend something like this because he's a clown. Bottom line. Okay? We're told, you know, day in and day out, you know, we got to protect democracy. Donald Trump, insurrection, 
January 6th. If you've paid attention to the political violence in this country, if you've paid attention to the state of this country since Biden got into office, the most shocking thing looking back on January 6th was the price of bread, milk, eggs, and gas that day. Seriously, people, you know, throwing rocks or attacking somebody, terrible. I condemn it. But believe me, it doesn't jump out at me after watching the BLM riots in 2020. What does jump out at me is gas at $1.89. I'm like, dude, what? 189 Holy Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. There it is. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to play you a quick clip from Joe Biden, a man who was sworn in as president nearly full three years ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Here it is, clip four. Is Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think it's self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And, uh... He seems to be doubling down on about everything. You are so full of sh. He certainly supported an insurrection. You're alive. Okay, if you follow the timeline on January 6th, January 6th is bad. Again, not in the top 25 worst days of political violence, sadly, that year. Uh, but bad. It was bad. I can't condone it. I can't excuse it. But Trump did tweet at his supporters to go home. Trump did record a video telling his supporters to go home. You know what Trump didn't do at any point on January 6th? He didn't tell people to get violent. Oh, wow! So this idea that he's an insurrectionist, that he's guilty of insurrection. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Again, we're trying to justify taking a presidential candidate, the leading presidential candidate he's beating all the republicans and all the democrats donald trump is beating all of them right now Uh oh i'm in trouble okay but they're taking the guy in the lead off the ballot is the plan here using a crime as justification that he hasn't even been charged with what in the wide wide world of sports is going on here it's a scam Okay, and they are willing to do anything to stop him from being president. Have you ever seen the movie Chinatown with Jack Nicholson? When he has the case solved, he's got everybody dead to rights, but they still won't come along with him. They go, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown, meaning the game's just rigged here. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is. Going to play a quick clip. One more quick clip from Joe Scarborough. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. Very important that you hear this clip. Okay, I don't want to listen to it. 
I, I absolutely like I'm right now thinking about asking Mikey to get a guest host for the rest of the show. I so detest having to listen to people like Joe Scarborough, but I want you to understand how this is all performative. And what I mean by that is the people that are analyzing politics in this day and age on rival networks to Fox. Okay, one thing you'll notice about Fox, it's my, it's my favorite thing about working here, is uh, we get from time to time attacked by the Republican Party. Okay, like Donald Trump will start tweeting like, ah, screw you, Fox, and then you'll see him on Hannity the next night. You know, it goes hot and cold, but why is that? Why is that the case, Jimmy? It's because we're over here calling a fair fight. If we agree with someone, we side with them. If we disagree with someone, okay, we call balls and strikes. Okay, every once in a while, Trump gets on Truth Social, and I'll be honest with you. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Throws one into the bleachers. Okay, if we call him out on it, he'll call us back out. Okay, we are calling a fair fight because our party here at Fox News is not the Republican Party. Our party is America. Freedom! Okay, on the other side of the aisle, the rival networks are so aggressively shilling for the Democratic Party because they are not journalists. They are activists masquerading in journalists, so much so that it's too emotional for them to even listen to themselves. I tell you this because this clip I'm about to play you from Joe Scarborough in which he's attempting to justify Colorado keeping Trump off the ballot by using a crime he's not accused of against him. Okay, again, I repeat, Trump being off the ballot in Colorado, it's no different than if they were were prosecuting him for something he did in their dream. Why? Because it's a made-up crime. It's not a real crime. Trump has not been charged with insurrection. He's not going to be charged with insurrection. He was never accused formally or legally of insurrection. So the idea that you can keep him off the ballot because he participated in insurrection. But here is Joe Scarborough making the case that it's not only insurrection, but we have to stop him because of all the things he's going to do if he wins again. Now, to be clear, none of these things are real. None of these things are true. Unless you take into account the fact that the Democrats are already doing some of the things Joe Scarborough accuses Trump of right now in this moment. Here it is. Clip three. The very people that continue to support that insurrection and promise us if Donald Trump's elected again, he's going to jail his opponents. He's going to assassinate generals. He's going he, he he's he's going to ban media outlets. Can you that he stop it right there? With. Just one second. These are the people. One second. He's going to assassinate generals. Have you ever had a checkup? <laughs> He's going to jail his political opponents. Guys, do you know who's currently jailing his political opponents? Democrats. I think he's got a point. Joe Scarborough supports Joe Biden, who is actually, literally jailing his political opponents. Democrats are so full of crap. But there he is with a straight face. When I talk to you about emotion getting the best of people, when you operate from a place of emotion, it denies you self-awareness. It denies you the ability to take one step back from the conversation you're having and go, hey, do I sound insane? You don't have that in you. You don't have that perspective. So Joe Scarborough is on TV talking to other people who don't have that perspective. They're not listening to themselves. They think they're the good side. They're like, we want to help the black community, so we're going to defund the police. Oh, well, thanks for that. It sent the black murder rate skyrocketing. 
well, we support the Ivy League schools because they're the ones that protect cultures and identities. Now, if you'll excuse us, we've got to go to the Kill the Jews rally. Okay, the people on the left have no self-awareness. And it's becoming cartoonishly stupid. When you hear Joe Scarborough say Donald Trump is going to assassinate generals. Okay, he might assassinate General Mills. If you give him a box of Captain Crunch, he'll mow it down in one sitting. Trump's a little plump. I'm not going to lie. This guy will say anything. Whatever. Okay, I'm no show pony. But the fact remains getting on TV and saying this guy's going to jail his opponents and assassinate generals is unhinged. It's unhinged. Tell him like it is. Here's the rest of the clip. Clip three. That are now preaching about anti-democratic uh, 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 amendments to the Constitution of the United States as they fall on their fainting couches and are triggered that somebody may actually apply the Constitution to the facts at hand on an insurrection that Donald Trump inspired that he led, that he was responsible for. And again, so many of these people are serving jail time and Donald Trump's not for one simple reason. Because unlike Donald Trump, they are not rich and powerful. So please, spare me the anti-democratic lectures. Oh, shut up, woman. Really think about the point he made and you think about denying yourself self-awareness. So he says, Donald Trump, and I want you to hear this part. This is where I'm good at this because I pay attention because I don't know what I'm doing in life. So I really got to pay attention. You know when you're talking to your dog and he tilts his head sideways because he's not sure he understands and you can tell he's looking, he's concentrating, he's listening extra hard? I have to go through my whole life like that. <laughs> Every conversation, like if you talk to me, you see my head tilt sideways because I got to make sure I understand. <laughs> okay, so Joe Scarborough, and this is the key, okay, the Trump... Okay, these are the people, the Trump supporters, that are now preaching about anti-democratic amendments to the Constitution of the United States as they fall on their fainting couches and are triggered that somebody may actually apply the Constitution to the facts at hand on an insurrection that Donald Trump inspired that he led that he was responsible for. None of those things happen to be true. Okay, he is not charged with an insurrection. He is not charged with inspiring an insurrection. He is not charged with leading an insurrection. But to the point Joe Scarborough said, other people in jail, Donald Trump is not for one reason. Those other people aren't rich and powerful like Donald Trump. Wrong. Okay, the reason I say wrong, why, is because, yes, Donald Trump may be rich and powerful, but the idea that that's keeping him out of legal trouble is beyond the clown. I mean, dude, Donald Trump has been indicted 91 times. The idea that being rich and powerful is sparing him from legal prosecution is weapons-grade stupid. Again, but if you don't have any self-awareness, you threw a party when you heard Joe Scarborough say that. Seriously. They're like, oh, yeah, Scarborough's got him. He's got him. He said he led the insurrection, but he's not charged for it. He said they're in jail, but Trump's not because they won't charge a rich guy. Trump's been charged 91 times. Okay. Do you realize what's going on in this moment? I'm surrounded by idiots. All of us are surrounded by idiots. Nobody knows better than Kevin. He's down in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Kevin! Hey, good afternoon, Jimmy. My man. You, you make too much sense, man. I mean, that's why, you, you, you know, you may be the heir apparent to Mr. Limbaugh because Whoa. you got logical points and, you, and, it's, and it all adds up, man. Well, I don't mean to that. be... 
you know. Yeah, buttering me up. Don't worry, my kid's going to come on later and knock me down a peg. It's okay. <laughs> there we go. So, so you know, and Joe Scarborough, I always thought he had a long nose, but, God, he's making Pinocchio. I mean, good <laughs> grief. And, and he used to be a Republican congressman. I, yep. I think he's just catering to his boss at MSNBC. But, but you know, I, here's what I think the Supreme Court's going to do. you got the 14th Amendment. We mm-hmm. heard what the dissenting uh, opinion was on the Supreme Court in Colorado. But I think the Supreme Court's going to just outright say, majority opinion, wasn't an insurrection. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I mean, 90% of the people there, they, they're like, hey, where's everybody going? Oh, wow, the Capitol building. I've never seen that before. Yeah. I mean, you had Olympic swimmer walking around. And they're just like, there's nobody at the door stopping us. They're just walking around. So you get rid of those people, and what do you got, 40, 50, maybe 100 extremist nuts? Okay, yeah. throw them in prison. The 14th Amendment flies to them. They can't run for president. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the people, do you think they showed up that day thinking, I'm going in the Capitol building? No, and here's the point. They weren't trying to overthrow the government. They were unarmed. Like, are you telling me that they're going to take on the most powerful military in the history of the world with a bunch of grandmas in coonskin caps led by a guy in a water buffalo hat from the Flintstones? They weren't there to take over the government. Like, there wasn't any version of that day that ended with the guy in the Chewbacca bikini being sworn in as president, okay? So the idea that they are trying to stretch January 6th and repurpose it as something other than it is and then use it as a justification to keep them off the ballot, like, it, when people say third world, like, it is actually beyond third world. Like, this is, it's dangerous for the country. Like, I'll ask Nikki Haley about it later, and I promise you, as someone who's desperately trying to beat Trump until he offers her the VP gig, uh, Nikki Haley is going to tell you that they're wrong to do this. Like, straight up. It's crazy. So, I'm glad you get it, man. I'm, gl- I'm glad you get it. Well, well I want to squeeze in one other yep. point, if I may. Whereas, con- contrast that to the summer of 2020. I was just watching a video online. CNN said they had to call out the National Guard in 20 states. You mean you, yeah. we actually had people trying to set up their own government tent city in yeah. the middle of Seattle, right? Yep. Yep. I said, that, so that was an insurrection. So I say, if the Supreme Court doesn't rule in Trump's favor, then I say in all the Republican states, let's, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek here, a little yeah. facetious, but why don't we fight fire with fire like Kaleeb and everybody who cheered on or supported or donated money to those people, the insurrectionists of 2020? I say, okay, let's keep them off the ballot, too. <laughs> and wouldn't it just be funny? Trump's on the ballot in 30 states. Kamala Harris has to re- be removed for what she said, and Biden's on the ballot in – or Trump's on the ballot in 30 states, Biden's on the ballot in 20 states, that's just going to be ridiculous. (laughs) This is all part of your grand scheme to get Kanye into the White House, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a big Kanye fan. Good Good stuff, Kevin. We'll do it again. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your family, brother. Same to you. There he goes, the great Kevin. Okay, he's he's not wrong about that. If you can take Trump off the ballot for a crime he hasn't actually been charged with, here's Ron DeSantis, who i got to be honest with you. Ron DeSantis is really doing Jeb Bush stuff right now. It's a Florida governor who got into the race with all the money in the world and was really supposed to run off with this thing. Okay, you know what? Again, I'm not disparaging DeSantis. Certainly not disparaging Haley. Tim Scott's already out of the race. Okay. The biggest problem these guys have is not how good Trump is. It really is how bad Biden is. Okay, a lot of Americans just want to go with a known quantity. They know how the government looked under Trump. Okay, comparative to how it looks under Biden, they realized life was a lot better. Inflation was better, gas prices were better, crime was better, the border was better, foreign policy was better. Okay, life was better under Trump. 
So a lot of people can get past. Like when Trump was president the first time, I'm like, oh, he tweets bad stuff. We were doing well enough as a country that we thought that was a problem. Okay, now you can't pay for stuff and you don't feel safe going to the store. All of a sudden, the tweets don't seem so egregious. They were very much first world problems. Okay, now we're living in a third world where they're imprisoning their political opponents and using dubious legal techniques to take them off the ballot. Okay, here is DeSantis, who again also desperately wants to beat Trump and really needs a big turnout in the state of Iowa, uh, or it is over. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. If DeSantis doesn't finish top two in Iowa, he actually will be out of the race. Like, I don't doubt they have a few bucks that'll carry him to New Hampshire, but he'll be out of the race for all intents and purposes. Uh, But here he is telling the truth about the Trump situation. Clip 11. Look, if somebody's convicted or something of some of these things, there was no trial on any of this. They basically just said, what, you can't be on the ballot? I mean, how does that work? What's the limiting principle for that? Uh, why could could we just say that Biden can't be on the ballot because he let in 8 million illegals uh, into the country and violated the Constitution, which he has? Uh, could we just say, oh, well, they have uh, money coming to Hunter or whatever? So so I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to reverse that. But, but here's the larger thing of what the left and the media and the Democrats are doing. They're doing all this stuff to basically solidify support in the primary. He's, that is correct. Okay, he's not wrong about that. The Dems, two things in play here. The Democrats do want to run against Trump. They do. And even though you say, well, if that's the case, why are they taking him off the ballot? He's not coming off the ballot. Okay, there's no world where he comes off the ballot. Zero. You understand this stuff is going on because they want some type of a controllable right-wing uprising. They'd love another mini January 6th. Don't ever forget, January 6th, horrible. Not good. Okay, but every stat they've told you about January 6th is a lie. Okay, nobody died that day as a result of the violence of January 6th. The people who were there died down the road, one from a heart attack, but none from the means we were told they died from. Do you understand they use the original reporting, which has since been corrected, as a justification to crack down on freedoms and throw people in jail for a couple of decades? That's called a scam. Okay, that doesn't mean January 6th was good. That doesn't mean I condone it. That doesn't mean there's a world where we can rehabilitate that day in the eyes of the public. I know there's a lot of big conservative influencers out there on social media that are running with this angle of, well, we're going to rehabilitate January 6th. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, January 6th was terrible. Not what the liberals tried to use it as. It certainly had federal participation in my opinion. Okay, but January 6th having a better image than it currently does is not going to get a single solitary person to the polls. That's why most right-wing influencers hurt the Republicans in elections. They prioritize things that get likes on Twitter. They prioritize jargon designed to make you hate other Republicans. What do they say about Nikki Haley? Like, oh, she's a neocon. Why? She get you into any wars? No. But she had Boeing in a state when she was the governor. And then she worked for Boeing and then bailed when she got, they got a federal bailout because she didn't support it. But they get terms, buzzwords, and that's enough for them. Neocon, you know, that's what they do. Okay, they turn on each other. Right-wing social media is the worst thing for the right-wing in the general election. Go back and Google the midterms, okay? They were winning everything known to man on Twitter, and then 
election night happened, and you know the rest. That's all, folks. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I just think the Democrats wake up every morning, Emily, and they look at the calendar. The iPhone says January 6, 2021. The date never changes. And then they get an electric vehicle and go get an abortion. I just described the Democratic Party to you in seven seconds. Kellyanne Conway on Fox making jokes about the Democrats. Some on the left a little upset. How dare she say that? We're just obsessed with January 6th electric cars and abortions. But I got to be honest with you. Have you heard anything else out of the Democratic Party in the last three years? The answer would be no. No. Okay. It's all January 6th. We got to do something about the climate because we can control the weather. They're crazy. Nobody can control the weather. And yes, abortion. Uh, Abortion went from safe, legal, and rare uh, to it's now something like they get a patch and put it on their denim jacket. Like it's a band they support. Gross. Okay, in the next hour, we'll talk to Diamond Dave Landau. We'll also talk to the person most uniquely positioned to help the country on the issue of abortion, she being a female candidate for the White House. Some Republicans hate Nikki Haley. It's pretty funny. You know, they hate DeSantis, and the DeSantis people hate Trump. Who am I but the port in the storm who will have any of them on so you can get to know the person behind the politics? Why? Because I'm not an activist. I'm an inactivist, okay? I'm just hanging out, having a nice time. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Well, it's a great way to go through the rest of today's show. So grab a mug and be back after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. You're fired up in this hour to bring you an absolute embarrassment of Radio Ridges. Nikki Haley is joining us in this hour. A woman a lot of people think could win the White House. Wrong. All right. Not everybody thinks it apparently. But joining us in the leadoff position, a fan favorite on this show, a man I would absolutely vote for for president, except there's no way he'd pass the background check. Uh, But he is comedy sexiest man. And he's with us now, Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing, baby? Do you have that moment on the road like twice a year where some random person's like, you should run for president because they clearly haven't been paying attention to your life story like this happens to me? No, no, I have. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Where I'm like, yeah, I really shouldn't be in charge of anything. I always think of that Jordan Peterson thing of like clean your room. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I have trouble running a household. Um, Not that Biden doesn't. Clearly he's worse at it. But that's a good sign you shouldn't run a country. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say that a lot because people like when you talk in politics as a comic, once in a while somebody's like, yeah, you should be president. And in my head, I don't start picturing the presidency. I start picturing which scandal would end the campaign. I'm like, no, no, maybe not that one. Maybe it's the other one. No, no, it would actually be that one. You know, and you, you're going through the decades. That's my favorite thing about those people. Oh, I feel like during the first debate they'd be pulling out stuff and I'd be like, how did you figure out? six of them already <laughs> oh i forgot about her uh well yeah okay oh, wow Whew. wait what's 
Like What's that, that kid? He does look like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Uh, Look, I do want to. was wanna... on ecstasy. It was the 90s. Yeah, I mean, come on. Everybody was. The, <laughs> the cop who arrested you was on ecstasy. That's... Yeah, he was dancing to the squad lights. <laughs> it's a scam. I mean, let's talk about this. Have you ever been on the road for real, though, doing comedy and get pulled over by a cop who smells like weed? That's how you know you're yes. in a quality neighborhood. <laughs> you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> That's when you know you're about to get robbed. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't ask for your license and registration. He wants the whole wallet. <laughs> you, yes, it's an odd thing. That's, you, when you realize, yeah, he's like, pop your trunk, and then you, he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing eases the tensions of a traffic stop like a cop with gold teeth. <laughs> it really does. Especially if you're drunk, though, it's got to help you. Whenever you get, you're like, oh, thank goodness you're crooked. Oh, thank God I can get out of or this. Just, yeah, I can or, get out of just, this. Or just a fake cop. Either way. E- uh, either way, you're good to go. Want. Either way, you're good to go. It's the best thing that can happen to you. Uh, we're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. Uh, the meme you posted, uh, if people don't follow you on social media, uh, it's Landau underscore Dave. It's such a good you and me meme with the cat. Might be. I wanted to put some Christmas magic into it. <laughs> well, well, you know what I love about it is it's the most absurd meme in the world, okay? People go see it, Landau underscore Dave. Just go check it out, okay? But, you know, because people on the Internet respond to animal pictures more than anything. By a margin of about 100 to 1, you'll get more engagement with an animal than anything because, obviously, you know, we like animals. I get it. You do. I do. We're very pro-animal on the show. But the point is... People have such an unhealthy appreciation for animals that in a meme where we're like women in ugly Christmas sweaters, I think the first question is, is that one of your cats? Because that's, that's all they want to know. <laughs> and the best part is, is like, it's not it's not real, the photo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not like we would. <laughs> this wasn't really me dressed as a woman holding a cat. And I love that that's question number one. <laughs> Question number two, have you changed your ways? <laughs> I've noticed that, too. I'm like, I, I, I obviously don't like any animal that's been injured and abused. Like, I donate. I, I guess I can just get out of the way before I make the joke and yeah. think of every excuse I can. But uh, <laughs> if you like a couple of pictures of, like, a three-legged dog doing their best, uh, your entire algorithm just turns into mutilated animals. I'm not sure. <laughs> Fast. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take it anymore. Oh. Like it's a dog with its like tongue hanging out, missing a nose, and I'm like, no, I'm rooting for you, buddy. But why does it have to be every picture? Like, I mean, it's not remind. It's not making me think people are good. Oh, it's so true. There's a there's like honestly uh, on Instagram, all I do is obviously. Uh, I, you become indifferent to things. That's what happens because you see too much of it. And that's my concern about life right now in general. As the phone has just conditioned us in, in a way that we've lost scale, meaning everything we consume is just a video that we're looking at on our phones until we consume the next video. So, you're, you know, in one minute you're watching like a dog eat a birthday cake with a party hat on. In the next minute it's an ISIS beheading. In the minute after that it's somebody's <laughs> wife's birthday. But you look at them all with the same level of reverence, which is none. It's just content that you're looking at till the next piece of content. Haven't we kind of become like societal sociopaths in that way? Oh, we're complete zombies. And I'm sure I'm just as guilty as oh, the next Oh, absolutely. Person. Uh-huh. 
And we, oh, we've ruined, we've ruined any, I was watching a, a, a clip on one of these platforms with Mr. Rogers oh saying God. that, you know, it's his duty to kind of help people and, and think that we're giving people maybe a little too much info. You know, we're not yeah. respecting people's privacy and maybe things are getting different and we should be giving people the proper news. And I'm like, boy, you are, would you be glad to be dead? In this current society, we are living in Mr. Show. Rogers. Show. It's, just, it's like him calling it early and Charlie Rose of just like, <laughs> we're headed for destruction in the most like civil, <laughs> fun way that Mr. Rogers only can. Like, what he's really saying is like, we're headed for a nightmare of epic proportions. You know? <laughs> Do you want me to play you a Mr. Rogers clip that would actually get him executed on public TV if he said it today? Uh- I would love to. Do you know it? Here it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this one. It's so good. But this is Mr. Rogers. I'll give you two. You can react to this one, and then I'll give you another one. Okay, here we go. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Is there any world where he doesn't die at the Hague for singing that in 2023? Oh, no, he doesn't even make it into the house to change his sweater. (laughs) He gets gunned gunned down in the name of love, in the name of love, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of puppets that starve to death in his basement because he's not coming home. (laughs) In the name of love and tolerance and inclusion, we must kill this man uh, who has diversion viewpoints. Did you hear what he said? He said, uh, boys are boys. It's the most insane thing anyone's ever uttered. He actually said, if you were born a girl, you stay a girl, grow up to be a lady. Now, I do disagree with him there because they don't all grow up to be ladies, per se. They grow up to be women. <laughs> They're female. But I've met some women I would not describe as ladies. i got to be honest with you. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, there's definitely boys that don't grow up to be men, I promise. Yeah, like, that just the same. I would say... Yeah, I would say 60 to 70 percent of our generation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking to you right now wearing a hoodie and a shirt with sting on it. <laughs> you, you, you know, the way our dads used to dress. <laughs> Can I now play you the second hate crime? Because this is this would yes. actually qualify him. He would lose voting rights. Uh, they would bo- every broadcaster he had. OK, gone at the end of this clip. It's nine seconds long. Here we go. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Dead. Actually dead. Has he not heard the news? (laughs) (laughs) There would be be three to four pregnant men waiting for him on his doorstep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like going... Put your mouth on the curb, Fred. <laughs> they would kill him. <laughs> and it's it's so it is so funny because like when you think about how transactionally stupid politics have become, that view that is the acceptable biological view of anybody who's ever passed by bi- biology test, that view is mainstream enough that he was paid in played in a biopic by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, the most universally well-regarded human being probably in the last hundred years in this country, portrayed Mr. Rogers. But if he uttered those words today, I don't know that he could be played by Tom from MySpace. (laughs) No, I don't think he could. And Tom Hanks would see the script and go, look, uh, 
I got a real problem with this part. Uh, this is, I, it's just not factual. Uh, <laughs> it's not factual. <laughs> Come on, can we get get somebody in here from legal? I don't know. I don't know who said yeah. this was okay. <laughs> hey, didn't you didn't you make an AIDS movie that was way off? Look, just <laughs> just, just oh. change. Yeah. Oh my god. I, yeah, I can't imagine even. And that's the crazy part is. We are living in a society where that really would – like I think we've we've landed on something, though, where I, I – the only thing that I think could be president functionally mm-hmm. might be a dog. <laughs> just get him out there. <laughs> or just a very cute cat. Well, let's be, Whatever people want. And let's, something we can agree on or hold one. Maybe uh, that'll help your You campaign. can pet it. You can take the edge off. Like the State of the Union, right? Let's say the State of the Union is just somebody with a laser pointer leading a cat around the chamber – because to be clear, that's what last year's State of the Union was anyway. <laughs> the only difference is this year I don't think he can follow the lasers anymore. <laughs> Dude, we have a president that's like actually on a leash. Like they lead him by the arm in and out of events. So you're not well, like – there's no world where it couldn't be a dog. You're right. Put This is the oh, deal. Yeah. If, well, Whoever if you need him. Off his own, he's yeah. falling. Do you he know those – yes. Do you know those videos we watched? where Biden was supposed to shake hands with the president at the end of the video and he just wanders off the stage and the guy like throws up his arm in disgust. Like if we had a dog, you're just putting bacon in the pocket of whoever the other world leader is and he's always going to stick around for the photo op. Yeah, the dog's got a cute suit and a waggly tail. It's not like when Biden met Xi Jinping and he's in the right-hand corner shaking the curtain. <laughs> like, people forget. People forget about what goes on. Remember this, okay? The, this was the year of the Chinese spy balloon, where a week after the Chinese spy balloon, do you remember this? He had the Air Force shoot down another balloon that wound up being some high school science club's project. Like, yes. we, we went from the dog ate my homework as the oldest, most absurd excuse in the world to a real excuse that the president shot down my homework. Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I don't have no, it. No. Uh, the president shot down my homework. Yeah, are you guys sure? No, really, it's on the news as the dumbest thing we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we yeah, find ourselves. Sto- yeah. Yeah, no, it's astonishing. It's like, well, we didn't do anything with the real one. What do you want to do? Just shoot down any balloon you see. <laughs> That'll send a stern message. Some couple on their honeymoon is dead over Montana because they shot down yeah, a romantic right. hot air balloon ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, well, this one's rainbow, it's, which is just coincidental. He's like, we'll leave that one. That's yeah, that, fine. That one can stay. That one can, yeah, that one's fine. That's a very tolerant balloon. <laughs> that is amazing how quickly cancel culture turned our military from cancel culture to culture club. Uh, it is really scary. <laughs> it is. It's scary, Diamond Dave. One thing to look forward to in 2024, here it is. Uh, obviously, we're going to both be touring a lot and doing stand-up comedy and uh, everybody has a million opportunities to see you. Uh, quickly, would you plug a date? Is there an event we should be pointing people towards? Uh, yes. This weekend I will be in Virginia Beach, Virginia at the Funny Bone. Ooh. And then New Year's Eve I'm going to be at Stand Up Live in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, hot damn. Both winners. Both winners. Uh, folks, uh, Virginia yeah. Beach this weekend, New Year's Eve, Huntsville, Alabama. You go see Diamond Dave. The event of the year for me, because everybody's talking about, you know, obviously the election's a big one to a lot of people. But the event of the year to me is the release of the Epstein client list, if that goes down. I can't wait. <laughs> That's right. Like, you know, you know, people have, like, debate watch parties and stuff. We, I, I, like, I, we should throw an Epstein watch party because it's going to be funny. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to hear like Prince Andrew and go, yeah, I know. But it's like, I yeah. want to really see the surprises. <laughs> Didn't Phil Donahue. Wow. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Wow. And yeah, it's not the guy I would have thought. That's amazing. I'm like, wow, me? It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's just made it every conservative the, the, to be angry. <laughs> no, it's the greatest. The two best things that have ever happened in my lifetime, with like in terms of things that made me laugh because powerful people were horrified, is this being released going to be really interesting. And by the way, if anyone's looking for a job as a food taster, uh, this would be a good week to get your resume online. But the other thing <laughs> is there was about, I think it was like 20, it was like, it was when I was driving a cab. So it might've been like, I think 2012. Okay. Might've even been 2011. Forgive me if I'm off here, but there was a male escort site here in New York called Rent Boy. Rent Boy. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> good for you. Well, anyway. Look, yeah, uh, look, I had to make a living. Oh. I had to be on Broadway. <laughs> the rent don't pay itself, Jimmy. But anyway. <laughs> I thought it was an audition for Rent. <laughs> well, somebody had hacked Rent Boy, and the newspapers were recording that they were going to release all the names of the clientele. That story somehow managed to not only not get released, but never get mentioned by media again. Can you imagine how powerful the people on that client list were? It was never mentioned again, ever. You. Yeah, you would have to own the world, but I think we're almost at a point now where the internet's so powerful mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter. Oh man! Like, like because now they are releasing this, and it's got to be some of those people. Oh, I mean, man. that had to be the most powerful people in Manhattan, like the Gordon yeah. Geckos, but for real. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't know who the real ones are because I'm a comic, so I have to <laughs> reference a movie from the eighties. <laughs> That's all I can give you. Oh, yeah, oh we we know two things. We know two things. Okay, that we have to make up our. References, and that for some reason the Home Depot next to where the Clintons live is out of rope. I don't know why. <laughs> must be hanging a lot of ornaments when this Epstein list comes out. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people around Christmas tend to shoot themselves three times in the back. To end their own life. <laughs> they get so depressed. Uh, Merry Christmas, man. I'll talk to you during the New Year. You're the best. Merry, thank you. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho. There he goes. There we go. Back after this. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Santa's coming. Nikki Haley's coming in the next break. But before either of them get here, one last call with my man Michael before we call it a day. Michael! Hey, Jimmy, I'm over here in Newark looking in your general direction, my man. Whoa, I, I can barely hear you over the gunshots. Uh, Newark, who did, you, who, did, who did you piss off to get that gig? <laughs> hey, I just go where they tell me, man. Wow. You know, hey, you know what? I'm so glad to hear that you're taking a few days off. Is that the amount of time they recommended to break your buffet addiction? I'm just just wondering. Ah, <laughs> good. Kind of thing. Good for you, you dirtbag. Now I hope you do get mugged in Newark like everybody else. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, hey, go ahead. Ser seriously, I wanted to thank you for a year of fun and laughs in the middle of the current national dumpster fire. You really helped me laugh a lot, and I appreciate all the work you do, my friend. Oh, I really do. buddy, thanks for that, man. Uh, the one thing about, you know, you know how all the crazy people find each other in life? 
You know, they always say, like, in high school, the burnouts find each other, the jocks find each other. I mean, that's kind of who we are. Yeah. Everybody who listens to the show is a little nuts, but they like the country. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward recipe, is it not? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, I mean, that's what you hear every day on your show. It's so wonderful. It's such a breath of fresh air. All the negative, 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 and you make me laugh. And it, it, it really, I, I'm so glad you're there. Well, I don't know what else to it, say. It, it, it's so nice to know there. you've been committed to this patriotic, insane asylum. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, <laughs> go take your pills. I'm lining up. I'm yep. lining up for the pills right behind uh, well, you, Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse Ratchet's about to. Colin from South Carolina. Watch this. Merry Christmas, Michael. I'll see you next year, brother. There he goes. Nikki Haley up next. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We are, of course, talking about the GOP race for the nomination. Donald Trump with a major lead right now in the polls. There's very much a rally around the flag mentality uh, as far as his base is concerned. But if you're looking out there at the world, there happens to be a lot of momentum for one Nikki Haley. Wrong. Okay, I know Trump doesn't feel that way, but she has, in fact, pulled well ahead of Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Now, some of that is obviously attributable to the fact that DeSantis has done a terrible job. Their campaign basically spent a gazillion dollars. And for all intents and purposes, Trump has treated DeSantis with the same dismissive vibe he dished out for Jeb Bush. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Okay, but as far as Haley is concerned, where she's positioned, well, whether she winds up being Trump's VP or if you hear her tell it, she claims she's going to go out there and actually win the nomination. I don't know how that's going to play out right now. But the point is, there's one key issue in the general that really does determine who controls the White House. Sadly, the issue is abortion. Okay, it's the number one turnout issue for Democrats, where they hold monstrous leads over Republicans. So Nikki uh, is uniquely positioned uh, to potentially win back that ground because she has a message that comes from a woman, does not demonize the opposition, and is a lot more doable, okay, for the suburban swing voter and, dare I say, the female voter. And joining us now to talk about all of this is a woman who is not only a former governor of South Carolina, a U.N. ambassador, but we know her around here as the queen of the keg stand. Nikki Haley is back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, Hey, Jimmy, how are you? So I have to tell you this. You've become, uh, you were already a little bit of a, a rock star around here, but you have a lot of street cred with the female anchors at Fox News. The last two women who came on my show yesterday, Martha McCallum and Shannon Bream, brought up your interview about the keg stands. <laughs> well, you know, only you would ask me that question. And, um, you know, when when stuff like that comes up, you just, you got to tell the truth. Well, so, uh Fair. Yeah. No, for real. And we appreciate the candor. We appreciate you being a real person. And here's the thing. Martha McCallum, who I know you were on her show, uh, she said that she went to Liberty University. They didn't do keg stands. They were more of a funnel crowd. But I would imagine <laughs> I would imagine as a, as a member of the keg stand club, you, you, you know, you're all encompassing. You would welcome the funnel crowds as well. Right. You know, I think we all know that we had fun in different ways. Thank and you. so I appreciate that everybody's got some memories that 
um, they know about that they don't necessarily want their kids to know about, but <laughs> it is what it is. That's a good point, by the way. I didn't think of it from that perspective, but my son is Oh, close. yeah, so now my kids actually know that I did a keg stand, <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> That's all right. Listen, they're probably more, they're, they're actually more inclined to vote for you now. Uh, some of them were on the fence. I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, let me jump in here on this one. Uh, the Colorado court had a lot of liberals partying uh, when they kicked Trump off the ballot. I don't think people realize what a dangerous precedent this is for the country to start there. What do you think? I was infuriated by this. I mean, look, I don't think Donald Trump needs to be the next president. I think I need to be the next president. I think that would be good for the country. Mm-hmm. But I want to beat him fair and square. Mm-hmm. We don't have we don't need to have judges deciding who should and shouldn't be on the ballot. That is so dangerous to do that. Yep. And that is totally undermining the will of the people. Mm-hmm. I trust Americans to make that decision. I trust the people of Colorado to make that decision. And the people of Colorado should be furious. But what I don't like, Jimmy, is where is Joe Biden? Why has he not stood up and said, this is wrong? Where are the Democrats? I mean, how can they say that this is okay? Because this is, yes, while they might be doing this to Donald Trump, this could happen to them too. And in a time where we need to have more freedom, Mm -hmm. more individual liberty, less government control, less mandates, this is the total opposite. Yeah. And that's exactly what people don't like. It's exactly what we're fighting. And the fact that Joe Biden is unbelievably silent on this is so telling of where he wants to take our country. That is a great point. We're talking to Nikki Haley, uh, who, if elected, would be the first president to invite Def Leppard to the White House, as far as my calculations are concerned. Uh, but let me stay focused for a second. Um, when you talk about this issue and the Democrats being in a position where they're okay, seemingly, with the lawfare that we're seeing as it pertains to Donald Trump, I think it's very reflective of the climate we find ourselves in. Do you think, as a president, you could actually lower the thermostat? Because it's so cutthroat, and I do believe that they're bringing most of this aggression to the fight. Well, I think it's a couple of things. I think, first of all, This is why I say, look, I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. I agree with a lot of his policies. I had a good working relationship with him. But rightly or wrongly, Jimmy, chaos follows him. Mm -hmm. It just does. It follows him. And if you look at it, this is one of many things. But we can't have a country in disarray. We can't have a world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. You don't defeat Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. And right now we're sitting in Democrat chaos. That's why we need to have strong conservative views out there that are focused on freedom and democracy and strength and getting rid of the lawlessness, whether it's at the border, getting an economy that's under control, paying down our debt, getting our kids reading and schools back to the basics. Uh Those are the things we need to focus on. And we don't have time for any more chaos and distractions. And this is another example of that. I I, I agree on all of this. So let me let me throw this one at you, because, you know, as a guy who follows the politics day in and day out on the TV and the radio. okay, a lot of the hot talk right now is that you are surging past Ron DeSantis in a lot of ways. Uh, In a moment of pure candor, I want you to give me a percentage. How much of this is you being a great candidate how much of this percentage wise is them running a bad campaign oh i think i'm a fantastic candidate (laughs) 
because I think I know exactly what the people want. You know, I'm a military spouse. I'm a mom. I'm a, the daughter of legal immigrants who think it's offensive what's happening at the border. I'm an accountant. You know, I, I know what the people are saying, and I know how to relate to them. And more than anything, I tell them the hard truth. Mm-hmm. That's the key. I don't pay attention to anybody else's campaign. I mean, if Ron's campaign is a dumpster fire, that's his issue. <laughs> My issue is how do I connect with as many people as I can, answer as many questions as I can, and let them know that we have a country to save. And I think that's why we're surging is people get that I am, you know, honest with them. And I think they're seeing what I did in South Carolina where, you know, it was that we brought the people in and we made South Carolina an economic powerhouse. I think they saw my strength against Russia, China, Iran, and all our adversaries at the UN and how we brought respect to America again. And I think that they're tired and they want to see some direction, but more than that, they want to see results and they feel like they get that with me. They, uh, Nikki Haley is on the line, former South Carolina governor, uh, former UN ambassador, current uh, surging GOP candidate for the White House. So I know you see that momentum and you feel that momentum on the road because I see your events and I see the turnout and everything in between. But are you at the place in the movie, okay, in the in the Nikki Haley movie, are you at the place where you feel enough momentum that you could actually beat Trump? Where are we in the movie right now? I know we can. Without a question, I know we can. I've always known that we can because I trust the American people. It's not that we don't appreciate President Trump's service. I appreciate his service. Mm -hmm. I know that he didn't get a moment's peace or an ounce of credit. Mm -hmm. It is about the fact that I don't want my kids to grow up like this. I don't want a country like this. And we can do better. And this is a time where we have too many threats around the world to be putting our head in the sand. And this is a time where you look at the younger generation, they don't know how they're going to get job. They don't know if they're going to afford rent. They don't know when they're ever going to be able to afford a home. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, protests on college campuses. This is about not just thinking four or eight years. This is about where do we want to go 10, 20, 30 years out? Yep. We owe it to our country to do that. And so, um, look, I mean, I think that's what we have. We have a chance to do something really great here. And I think the people of Iowa are getting it. Mm-hmm. I think the people of New Hampshire are saying we're going to do this. And I think the people in my sweet state of South Carolina are going to help us get it. And, you know, I I think that we have a country to save. I think everybody knows that. And we're going to fight until the very end. We're not letting our foot off the gas at all. I dig it. Uh, and I think something that's conveniently overlooked by a lot of voters is if they wound up with a Trump-Biden matchup, they're essentially getting a lame duck president, no matter how this thing shakes out. I mean, you are positioned uniquely to serve two terms. So there's a lot of, you know, there is absolutely positively a lot of upside. But the only other thing I wanted to ask you, okay? Well, let me just say this too, Jimmy. Let me Uh just say this, because if you look at the head-to-head polls with with any of us and Biden, Mm -hmm. I mean, Trump might beat Biden by two journal. He was up by four. That's margin of error. Mm -hmm. You look at every one of those general election polls, in Wall Street Journal and the others, I'm up double digits. I beat Biden by 17 points. Wow. That means it's more than the presidency. That's about governorships. That's winning the House. That's winning the Senate. And that's a mandate to pay our debt down and to get our economy under control. That's a mandate to get our kids reading again and getting our schools back to the basics. That's why that's going to matter. No, I, I listen, I, th- I think all of that's huge. And that's a really good point to potentially make on a debate stage if you can ever get anyone to debate you. <laughs> well, we enjoy debates, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, we've got another one coming up, I guess, on January 10th in Iowa, so we look forward to it. Rock and roll. Uh, Merry Christmas to all the Haley's. Uh, try not to do too many keg stands with the kids, okay? 
Oh, Merry Christmas. It's always fun to be with you. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you in person <laughs> and, look, and being on your show again. Let's get them. Take care, Nikki. Take care. There she yeah. goes. Nikki Haley, surging in the polls, makes a really good point, man. I say this all the time on this show. Could Nikki Haley be president of Twitter? The answer would be no. No chance. Okay, Twitter loves Trump, and to some extent they like DeSantis because DeSantis hired a lot of Twitter influencers. That's what he strategized his campaign around. He was like, I got it. I'll pay all the people who live in Florida that are big on Twitter. That's stupid. Use your common sense. They've run such a bad campaign, DeSantis. That being said, the point Haley makes about polling is true. Trump beats Biden in a lot of polls head-to-head by a point or two. Okay, Haley beats him by 15 to 18 points. The reason it's significant is because that means she can win down ballot. Okay, if you beat a guy by one point, it means the voters are pretty split over which party they want, which means you're not going to carry a majority in the Senate and the House. Okay, Trump has historically been a really bad candidate down ballot, meaning his actual candidates, okay, have not led to majorities in the Senate and the House. We were supposed to have a red wave on the midterm elections this year. It's supposed to be a red wave to wash over the whole thing. And if you were on Twitter day in and day out, you were convinced that there was no other possibility but a red wave. And I say that why? Because they weren't even close. Okay, we didn't go anywhere close to a red wave. When you see one candidate in the general election beating the other by 17 points, that means you're going to win everything down the ballot. So she's positioned really well. The truth is there's a lot of anger in this primary. Obviously, the Republicans are rallying around the flag because we're watching a political persecution against Donald Trump. But if this election comes down to who can win the White House, the House and the Senate, Nikki Haley actually would wind up being the nominee. I'm not saying we're going to get there because the God's honest truth is Trump still has a big lead on her. Okay, and there's a lot of people in the party that would rather lose with Trump than win with anybody else, if only because it's as personal as it is. So it's a lot of buzzwords floating around Twitter when you hear Nikki Haley's name. Uh, But if you're actually paying attention to what voters want and not the hive-minded lunacy that describes Twitter, then you realize Nikki Haley has a really good shot at running the table here. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fela, talking about Nikki Haley. I Listen, man, she's got heat. Get her out. Get her <laughs> out of here. I don't doubt Trump is not a fan. But in the next hour, it'll be a different woman taking center stage. I am talking about Jenny Fela, uh, the bell of the ball, the woman who got this whole thing rolling. Like, whatever you're listening to day in and day out, if you listen to me on the radio, if you watch me on TV, if you come see me do sold-out stand-up shows, which is so cool to say, um, none of it, like actually none of it is possible if I don't meet Jenny. Like that's the truth. I was a, um, I don't know how you'd explain it, a little bit of a thrill seeker <laughs> in my 20s, uh, given to games of chance at the casino, uh, you know, spent a lot of time in bars, you know, running around with a pretty interesting crowd. My hobbies are fast cars and fast women. Absolutely. And those are fine hobbies. <laughs> but the point is, uh, after a life of fast cars and fast women, uh, one night I was doing stand-up comedy in Cleveland at Hilarities. It was December 11th, 2003. 
when I ran into Jenny Fela, and it was actually it's the craziest thing in the world. It's just like a compass, if that makes sense, that just pointed my life in the correct direction. Now, to be clear, I say that begrudgingly because I was having a lot of fun, a lot of fun in the run-up to meeting Jenny Fela. You're just another dirtbag. But I was a happy dirtbag. <laughs> I was having a good time. Uh, but I ran into this Jenny Fela girl, and it's very interesting because I never – it's very true. Um, I really never, ever, ever actually cared about the other person's experience in life, meaning I've liked girls, girls like me, but I never actually had, like, this protective thing that I had the minute I saw her. I was like, oh, this is actually like my wife. This is weird, and you just got to be really nice to this girl and build a decent life with her. And uh, it might have taken 20 years, but I've kind of done that, and I only did it because I had somebody to build it for and because she does come from a great family and I didn't want to embarrass them and like take a perp walk on national TV because I got, you know, in a fight with a bookie or something like that. So were it not for Jenny Fallow, there's no way any of this stuff is happening. I'm kind of aware of that. So uh, it makes it very easy to be me because you kind of have a North Star that guides you through the day. That being said, we sit around and talk just a lot of about this woman. I mean, Lincoln and I. Man, oh boy, it's like a friar's roast every night. Lincoln is like Don Rickles. He just comes home and starts insulting the whole family. And then I'll essentially like attempt to break it up, but ultimately take his side just for fun skis. And uh, she likes it in the end. Jenny actually, you know, she loves the fact that we kind of give her a hard time. All right, Jenny, stay away from the buttons, Jenny. Anyway. We do have Jenny Fela joining us next. And then Lincoln Fela as well, because it is the final live hour of 2023 with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. You're going to hear me next week because I'm getting together over the weekend and recording some best of episodes where we're curating, you know, interviews I like during the year and stuff like that. But those are pre-recorded things that I'm making for you guys. So I have fresh content, so to speak, uh, on the holidays. But in terms of me being here, speaking to you live right now, this is it, girlfriend. This is the grand finale. You know, I say bottom of the ninth all the time on this show. This is like the bottom of the 11th. We are out of innings in the year 2023, but we got a lot to look forward to in 2024. It is going to be bananas. We've got a stand-up special dropping. We've got a book dropping. The only thing that's not dropping is my weight. That's true. That is true. Okay, but aside from that... (laughs) Got a lot to do. We got a lot to do in early January, so you guys better get your game face on. I will formally kick off the holiday season in the next hour on this program. It's Jenny Fela. She is ultimately going to pass that radio baton to Lincoln Fela, who is refusing uh, to do a group segment. Lincoln claims, okay, that he deserves his own segment because of all the good things he's brought to the show over the years. And I'm going to go ahead and agree with Lincoln. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. I, I think so. I think George from Queens has earned the final segment of the season. I do. I believe that uh, because when I go on the road, more people ask him about me about him than anything. It's not even about Fox or, you know, Dana Perino or Sean Hannity or Gutfeld. Everybody's like, what's Lincoln like? I'm like, he's a jackass. Shut your mouth. I kid. Jenny Fela, Lincoln Fela. The Jackson 3 on uh, different stages, but they'll all be here in the next hour to close out the year in style on Fox Across America. Here we go, here we go, final live hour 
of the year on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show that is often sold to you, the listener, as a family affair. And if ever a moment lived up to that campaign promise, it is this one. The final live hour of the year will feature not only myself, but both members of the Jackson 3, Lincoln Fallon, who refuses to share a microphone with the rest of his family. He has demanded his own segment, diva that he is. So batting leadoff for the first half of this hour, a woman who is making her national television debut this Saturday night as I host Fox News Saturday Night. Jenny Fallon will be on the couch, and she joins us now in a fresh pair of Spanx. Hey, girl. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? Are you pumped up for this? I'm, I'm pumped up. I I can't gauge your true excitement on this, but everyone listening needs to know. Mm -hmm. This is my favorite thing I've ever done in show business. Why? Do you want to know why? Yes. Because you and me, okay, for whatever this is worth, we met, what, 20 years ago? 20 years. 20 years this year. Mm -hmm. And we knew, did we not, that we were going to get married the night we met. Totally. And people get emotional when they hear that, but I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't say anything about being happy. Uh But for real, okay, (laughs) we just knew we were going to be together. And here we are 20 years later. But what have I called our showbiz operation for every second that I've known you? Whether I was going to like a firehouse gig and you were like ironing a shirt, which is ironic because no one has an iron shirt at a firehouse gig. (laughs) Everyone's half in the bag. Uh, But no matter where I was performing, no matter what I was auditioning for, what did we always refer to ourselves as? A mom and pop. A mom and pop showbiz entity. We would Mm -hmm. always say that. We're like this little mom and pop store. Just trying to get this little showbiz operation off the ground, make a couple of bucks. Well, now we're like a full-blown retailer. We're like a Macy's. We're getting looted. <laughs> People are clotheslining each other in the aisles. We've kind of gone global. We have books coming out, stand-up specials, a nationally syndicated talk show. But the one thing we've never done together uh, is TV. Yeah. I've never got, and it's it is so funny. Funny, because I'm sure you're feeling some small semblance of torment over this. And small. We can... <laughs> Is that true? Oh. Have you developed an eating disorder totally. this week? No, totally. don't you dare. You look gorgeous, Jenny. But the point is, uh, I get you in the ring on live television Saturday night, and it's just funny to me. I've done a million radio hits with you, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, and all kinds of other things, like IRS audit. We've done everything <laughs> together. <laughs> We've overcome a lot in the last 20 years. But the idea of coming back from commercial and looking in your face on live TV is going to be hilarious to me. Oh, Where is we it? We can't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, if we're a mom and pop, mm-hmm. I am like the lady, the old grandma lady that just like is in the back with the broom and the stuff. I don't want to be up at the cash register. I don't want to do that. No, no. That's you. Okay. That's Lincoln. I, I, I'm the behind the scenes. I'm taking inventory. But you, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing stuff like that. Are you keeping the, the books room. in like a marble notebook? Totally. Totally. That's, <laughs> You're doing... that's my place. But now, you know, I got into a skirmish with a customer and you've got to come protect the register. Come, yeah, I got to come work the register. <laughs> You're the woman in the bodega with the cat and the shotgun. Yeah. Nobody knows they're there. Yeah. Can we take Daisy. Can well, I bring her? Bring the cat. Uh, Daisy, our cat, 18 years old. She's been along for 18 of the 20 years we've known I each know. other. Is that crazy? She's a little old lady. Yeah, maybe we should bring Daisy, as a matter of fact. We haven't done a lot of TV with Daisy. She hasn't even been on the radio. Uh, but Jenny Fail is here. Why? Because it's the final hour of the year. And, you know, I'm always giving, and I think you would admit this, Jenny. Uh, this show, I think, gives a very unique access in terms of media. I, I don't know anyone in media who gives people who listen, people who might consider themselves fans, more access than I do. Do you? No, not that I know. Of. Like to the point that it, is it a little crazy of me or is this? No, I mean, where are we weighing in on this I as mean, a mom and pop? Lo- 
My, it, the fans I would are cool. Think in, I, would, I was going to say, in most circumstances, I think you would be doing way too much. Uh-huh. However, the people that listen and the people that we meet are so nice and so cool. It's like it, I know. you don't mind it. Aren't you kind of sad that you missed East Texas two I'm weeks ago? I'm so sad. And the country tavern and everything. I'm so sad. There's just like the best people. And then even like last weekend, because I didn't bring you guys down to Palm Beach. But it's so weird because I think you've been to enough events now to know. I have not met a person who listens to the show that isn't cool. Meaning like you meet them and instantaneously like them. Totally. I think that's my favorite thing. I say this on the radio every day about what we're doing is we've definitely, you know, we're not cool, but we've cultivated a cool following. Totally. Like I don't consider us cool. You know what I mean? What do we do around the house all day? It's bizarre. No, we have a bizarre relationship because like you like mow the lawn and like install new windows. (laughs) Yes. I'm the cook. I fixed the freezer last week. (laughs) Jenny fixed the ice maker in the freezer last week. I had to order parts. Well, I made a a quiche. I mean, it's it's backwards. I mean, like, it's listen. It's great. It works. It is. It just kind of works out. Like, I'm in, you know, listen, I, I'm in charge of cigar consumption, alcohol consumption, which, by the way, I have 164 Padron left from our man Clay out in California. Wow. Speaking of cool listeners. Uh, but the truth is, we do give, uh, I would think, almost an unprecedented level of access because I don't know for as good as things have gotten and as crazy as they've gotten, comparative to where we started. Mm-hmm. Okay, it doesn't, it It just feels the same. Yeah. And it's the one thing um, everyone always checks up on you about here at Fox is people like it at executive level. They're like, they're very regular people. So the only thing they ever ask, they don't talk to you about TV. They don't talk to you about comedy. They're always like, how's your family? Family good? Is your family doing okay with this? And like, I feel bad trying to explain to them that we're the same. Yeah. Which is weird because I think if you were to put this down on paper, like this started, okay, when Lincoln was born, we were poor enough that you were making his diapers. Oh, yeah. We weren't. Is everyone listening Cloth right now? Diapers. We weren't yeah. buying diapers. Like, yep. we were making. <laughs> yep. I made baby food. She made baby food. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We were driving a taxi living out of a shoebox. Like, for real. Mm-hmm. The Bank of Nike. The first, yeah. We actually got audited because of this. Yeah. Because we were so poor that the IRS didn't believe. Like, like, you can't be living on this. I'm like, you don't know who I married. They're like, how do you afford diapers? I'm like, here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't. <laughs> how are you feeding this kid? I'm like, well, we're making it. We're yeah. hunting. We're yeah. hunters and gatherers in yep. our family. Uh, but that's where this kind of thing started. And I think what happens is I think uh, we have a lot of perspective from being there. And I think the reason we tell the story, like I tell the story exhaustively, is I'm trying to remind people about like the spectacular possibilities of life in this country. Because the truth is, if two, you know, yam bags like you and me could be sitting here on top of a low level showbiz empire, everybody listening is capable of, would you say just about anything? A thousand percent. Like time travel. <laughs> if Jenny and I are sitting here with our own name on a nationally syndicated talk show, you, the listener, could be Secretary of the Interior this time tomorrow. Because I promise you, we've done a lot of dumb things. Uh, we've done a lot of fun things. And I think that's the key. Would you not say the key to our success is we were too busy having fun to notice how bad it was going? A thousand percent. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, for real, like, when I look back on where we started, like, now, I'm like, my God, how did, Mm -hmm. like, how did that, how did we even do that? I know. But we were laughing so hard during all of it. Like, I didn't feel it. Yeah. Like, I felt the wake-ups. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
we'd, you know, a, a lot of nights I'd sleep like three hours, go drive a car. I mean, then I'd sleep another three behind the wheel. So don't act like, you know, don't, people you, got, like, you, you got your REM. Yeah, people are like, you're sleep deprived. I'm like, you've never driven with me. <laughs> I had plenty of sleep at 82 miles an hour. But wouldn't you say, if we were going to share something with the world this holiday season, you know, my whole manifesto about like, we're just supposed to be having fun. Yep. But isn't that really it? It is. Like, what am I over? I don't feel like I'm overlooking anything. You're not. You're not. But you know, the, the funny thing is, is that you, you do say that often. It is your manifesto. Just, mm-hmm. you know, go have just fun. have fun. Go have mm-hmm. fun. But almost to the detriment because our son will, <laughs> if I'm trying to get him to study for a science test or something like that, and he'll be like, oh, well, what am I going to use this? He's like, listen, daddy says you just have to enjoy your life. You just have to have fun. And this isn't fun for me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, so he takes you a little too literally. So maybe back that off just a little bit to the 15-year-old. You know like, what's funny? <laughs> all, of my, all of my life lessons are great until you add the word officer to them. <laughs> oh, the whole point of being alive is to have fun, officer. officer. <laughs> oh, gosh. Jenny Fail is in studio. It's the final live hour of the year. Okay, tomorrow we have a guest host. Next week, a lot of best doves, couple more guest hosts. Why? Uh, because I'm taking Lincoln to Pittsburgh and back to watch some football. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we're driving back to New York for 24 hours. <laughs> then we're driving right back past Pittsburgh. Go figure. <laughs> all the way out to Ohio to see Jenny's family, and we'll yuck it up out in the Buckeye State. Because uh, that's what we do, man. A lot of family, a lot of fun. And another point I wanted to make, uh, this comes up a lot lately on the show too, is there's definitely such a thing as family privilege. Family privilege. Like you come from a good family. Yep. Okay. I did that sound sincere? I rehearsed it for hours. <laughs> I've, been, I've been working on that one for like a month. I'm kidding, but you come from a good family. I come from a good family. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely, they're both nuts in their own weird way, but I don't mean like clinically insane, just, no. you know, nutty and fun. Yes. Uh, and I think, again, back to my other manifesto, uh, anybody who truly has a good family and a good relationship with their family is like way ahead in life. Uh, like we talk yes. about currency. Yes. You know, I can't even stress that enough. And no matter what, like you talk about when we were, you know, struggling when we were younger and we were first married and him, there is there is such a thing as just having like, you know, you're going to work hard, you know, everything. But there is just such, like you said, a privilege to know, like if we really fell into it, you know, our families would, you know, we they would open their door to us. They would. I mean, and that's just such a huge, huge thing. Yeah. And of course, we would reciprocate. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it is such depends a, on the family member. <laughs> I don't want to, you know. <laughs> don't if, put that out there. And Kathy runs into a rough night at the dog track. I can't promise oh, you yeah. the front door swinging open. You know, you know her in the dog track. Yeah, Dan maybe, but Kathy, I don't know. Uh, but no, you're right. And uh, it's cool to not only have like that army of support, but just like people in your life that are kind of like a compass because you care about them. Like, I mean, it, it's honestly, it's funny, but uh, I don't know that I would be this productive if I, I – I mean, I actually do know for a fact I wouldn't be this productive if I didn't not only have, like, you to care about but your extended family to not want to, like, embarrass. Yeah. Which is a weird statement given some of the things I wear on TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't – I doubt I've brought some shame and consternation <laughs> on the family. But, no, I think all of those things are so valuable. And I think when I look out at the world right now – because you know this. Like, I genuinely do want to help. Yeah. And, and it may not always stay that way. I would love to get to that detached place where I don't have to care every day because I walk around caring. It's like but it's I don't exhausting. Think you will. I no, think, I know. I think when you come from what you came from, I think you mm-hmm. don't. You know when they say like people who survived um, 
bad things like the depression yes, or something. Yes, that they just never can like go back to just uh-huh. being, you know, like yeah. spending, they still keep the same uh-huh. habits because yeah. they just have, you know, yeah. lived through that. I think it's a little bit like that in, I also, a, in a weird sense. I, I also think that it's silly that we both compare 20 years of marriage to the depression. <laughs> <laughs> Is that weird? That's the first metaphor that came to life for the past 20 years was the depression. <laughs> No, that's current. That's the current. That's the current. Yeah, you know, I always compare it more to like a submarine trip to the Titanic. Jack uh, Fail is here mixing metaphors. Apparently, the marriage not going as good as I had declared off the top. Stop. Mom and pop showbiz heading for mediation. Stop. Right, quick, uh, quick break, and we are back after this with TV superstar Jenny Fela on Fox Across America. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Here we go, here we go. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon bringing you the final live hour of the year. Uh, I'll be back. There'll be pre-tapes. There'll be best ofs. Things will happen. But the point is, if you want to hear me live in action with my dirtbag family, by the way, Jenny Fallon is still here for a few more minutes before she gets thrown out and replaced with Lincoln, who, by the way, between you and me, has he earned single guest status on the show? He claims he... He thinks he does. (laughs) Like, yo, I go on shows here on Fox... As a panelist, uh-huh. like constantly, yeah. Like I've never once said to a show, "Look, if I don't get my own segment, I'm not coming I'm not on." Doing it. But my son, <laughs> you've created a monster. <laughs> it's like I don't shed a mic anymore, <laughs> and he wants his own segment. Uh. So my concern is the way it's booked for this Saturday night. I'm hosting Fox News Saturday night. Um, if you guys have been paying attention for the last six months, I'm in a rotation. It's like myself and four less talented people. And I'm being silly. They all know I love them. Uh, but the point is, this Saturday night, it is a Christmas special uh, that mm-hmm. will air on the 23rd. It will air again on the 24th. Uh, I believe it's also airing on Christmas, but don't hold me to that. Okay. Uh, because you know what I'll be doing when it does air on Christmas? Mm-hmm. Driving to Ohio at yep. 94 miles an hour. So I'm not going to know if it aired or not. Right. But the point is, uh, we are taping this show live Saturday night. Jenny and Lincoln are scheduled to be on together i didn't even think about this he won't do radio on a panel so maybe he'll like kick me off the set and i can just be backstage (laughs) why are you trying to get out of this i feel bad (laughs) jenny you're gonna be great tv angles tv angles oh really what's that like tell me what it's like jenny (laughs) tell me what it's like to be haunted by tv angles Everybody I'm surrounded by is like a supermodel. They weigh 107 pounds. Like, oh, my God, I'm so full. I had a blade of grass last Tuesday. And then I come in with like a veal parm in each hand. It's disgusting. I mean, I think people see me and yell. You're a dude. It's different. But it's not different anymore because now I'm on like that much that I have become. No, I get it for you you and your job now. No, no, like I have. I would say in like only in like the last three months. I have, like, actually made peace with, like, the lifestyle of TV guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, was doing a lot of TV well, the last two years. so much weight. A little bit. But, I, I, but, but the point is, I was doing, like, this much TV a year ago, mm-hmm. but I wasn't living like I was doing this much TV. <laughs> like, once in a while, I'd see myself in America's newsroom, and I'd be sweating in my face, even though it was 12 <laughs> degrees out, because Jimmy was in an airport bar the night before. <laughs> getting, sweating out yeah, that bourbon? Jimmy was getting dragged out of an airport Chili's at 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, all right, Bill and Dana! You guys are my best friends! But uh, the point is, I've kind of grown accustomed to the lifestyle of, like, self-care. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's definitely been a little bit of a change uh, for me personally. But you only have to go through it for one night. I don't want to hear it, girlfriend. <laughs> you have one night, you have one segment. It's like five minutes long. I know. It's just you and Lincoln. But I is know. it like between you and me? Because I know you. Is it is it haunting you or you kind of think it's goofy? A little of both. Really? Yeah. I can't. I don't get it, man. Well, because you you have a totally different personality than me. That is true. Like, we're very, like, compatible, yeah. but you're very comfortable in front of a crowd. You're very comfortable, like, holding court and talking, mm-hmm. and, and I really am, you know. Yeah. I'm well, not that person. <laughs> stop it. I, can, I work like, alone in the garage. I, I want to back you up dog. there, and I'm not trying to build you up, but you're better <laughs> at parties than I am. Like, absolutely, there's no argument there. That's true, because you like Irish goodbye and, like, leave without <laughs> Yo, anybody knowing. You guys it's to, the funniest thing. Everyone needs to know this, because if you've come to one of my stand-up shows or you're going to come to one next year, I will meet 2,000 people. If I yeah. have to take 2,000 selfies, I'll do it and I'll love it. Yeah. But I've never stayed at a party for longer than an hour no. in my life. no. Never. Like, I will literally go to a party down the block at our neighbor's house and be like, one second, I just got to take a phone call and run home. Yeah. And I mean, like, people are onto it now. Yeah, they know. But it, it was funny the first couple of years. They're like, oh, Jimmy Jimmy said he's going to be back. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy I'm like, just okay. wants to go home. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, he ain't coming back. What are you, nuts? <laughs> <laughs> he's asleep on the couch right now. So <laughs> so are you telling me you're going to Irish goodbye my TV oh, segment? Oh, you just gave me an idea. We're going to go to commercial. We're going to go check on the dog. Go to commercial, come back from break, and she's just not there. <laughs> Jenny, you stop it. You stop it right now, Jenny Fela. Everyone is excited. It's Fox News Saturday night. It is this Saturday night, uh, 10 p.m. live. You're going to see Jessica Tarloff, Emily Austin, my man Brett Azar's in the house. Yeah. Uh, I'm, of course, hosting it. There's a great segment where we talk to Fox talent. We taped it earlier with the tree lighting. And had debates over, like, which Fox talent would throw the best Christmas party. We interviewed a lot of street people. It was a good time. Oh, that's fun. Yes. And you will see Jenny Fallon making her first and last <laughs> national TV appearance. Between you and me, I think you're going to kill it. Uh-huh. Uh, assuming Lincoln is willing to share the segment with you, which I can't <laughs> promise. His agent is actually calling me right now. So we're going to take a break. <laughs> and we will come back with our demon spawn, Lincoln Fallon, who oh. joins us next right here on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Final half hour, final live half hour of the year on Fox Across America. And joining us now in the home stretch to take the year home, the man who claims he carries this program. I'm talking about the legendary George from Queens. Lincoln Fela in the house. Hey, girl. What's up? Uh, I told Mommy you refused to do a group segment and demanded to be on alone. Are no, you? Th- I, Go ahead. The thing is with the group segment, I feel like obviously I'm the one people want to hear more, and I'm kind of stealing her spotlight and her <laughs> chance. So it kind of sucks for her, and it kind of sucks for me because then I'm kind of limited a little bit. <laughs> you don't think there's enough like, room? It's kind of like what you said about the Yankees getting Otani. It like takes away Judge's spotlight uh-huh. because he can do all these things, but everyone knows Judge is the better one. But okay. it's going to like take away from his spotlight. And and just to be clear, so you are saying you're the Aaron Judge? Yeah, and she's like Shelly she, Otani. No, so like, she would be like, Otani. She's like the Josh Donaldson. <laughs> That's rough love. Are you going to be this mean on TV Saturday night? Maybe. It's funny because you and uh, Lincoln is joining us on Fox News Saturday night. Man, this is such a bad idea. 
Lincoln is joining his mother and I on live television this Saturday night. Uh, the segment is they want us to discuss like family traditions, not just amongst us, but um, around the world, which is probably good because amongst us, our only main family tradition is we just make fun of mommy. Yeah. Like we really, we really rough her up. So we'll be talking about other things as well. But the bottom line is anywhere you slice it, whether we're on TV or radio or anywhere in between, precious days until Santa gets here. Where do you think George from Queens finds himself this year? Good list, bad list? Uh, Merry Middle. Merry Middle. So what is that? What do you attribute that to? You've been a little bit of a monster doing homework and studying for school. I think I have, well, mommy just outed you on that. Sometimes you don't poke the bear. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes <laughs> I'll be sitting there studying and doing my stuff. Are you studying? <laughs> you get uh, mad. All right. I'm going to go back to whatever. Come down for dinner. All right. All right. I studied, by the way. I go back up and says, you need to study more. It just keeps the cycle. The cycle never ends. And once the bear's poked enough, eventually, he he gets angry and he starts yelling. But it, takes, it, takes, it takes a lot. But just know I'm not the one who starts it. Lincoln Fela is in studio. He's been here three minutes. He's compared himself to Aaron Judge and a bear. It's a hibernating bear. Who apparently has had his honey supply rustled by the mama bear, and the cub is starting to claw back a little bit. That's what you're telling me. So if those are your bad sides, uh, and I can name others. Like, for instance, every time I eat a meal in the last year, uh, for whatever reason, (laughs) Lincoln likes to just grab my stomach. But, like, while I'm eating. So it's like, get off me. But he doesn't get off me. He Why are you doing this? Why do you taunt me? Because it's funny. (laughs) The other... I don't doubt that you find joy in this because the other thing Lincoln does is he knows how to take his phone. This is fascinating because I don't know how to do this. This is where you being a kid who's better with technology is really winning the battle for taunting supremacy. So Lincoln knows how to take his phone. And a lot of you might know how to do this. So forgive me if I'm behind the times. But he can basically take whatever's happening on his phone and hijack my TV and put it on the TV. That's essentially what you do. And what have you been putting on the TV whenever I'm trying to watch TV lately? What came on my TV at like 2 in the morning last night? Like the the worst dump you could ever find a picture of. <laughs> no, but why are you doing <laughs> Lincoln, I'll be watching. Last night I'm watching TV. It's actually Christmas programming. It's Letterman and Darlene Love who sings uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. It's a great moment. It's Christmas. It's a tradition. I'm watching it. It's like legit two in the morning. And all of a sudden the screen freezes and Letterman is swapped out with a turd. (laughs) Now, is your motivation for this again just because you think it's fun to watch oh. me get upset? Oh, you like, ew, ew, oh my gosh, no, oh, ew, that's disgusting. I get so mad because this is what Lincoln does, okay, and everyone needs to know this. He's a monster. He's a terrible person, okay, is he likes to put things on my phone so I come across them. And one of the things he does is he will airdrop something to my phone. Knowing that if I saw it, I wouldn't accept it. So what do you do? I know your passcode. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not like slick with that. So whenever you put your phone down, I'll just airdrop something to it and leave it for later for you to find. So he go he logs onto my phone when it's when I don't have it in my possession, and he accepts whatever heinous hideous act that he has sent me. <laughs> 
And then the next time I go on my phone, I'm like, oh, and I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I gosh, if there was a New Year's resolution, but I wouldn't let you make it because I know you like it too much. Do you know what Lincoln used to do to people uh, really quickly is back in the day, Lincoln, you, <laughs> this is my favorite thing you've ever done. I don't even know if you remember doing this. Lincoln used to take adults phones and text himself. So it looked like an adult was texting him and he would text himself on like an adult's phone. Hey, can you send me some feet pics? (laughs) (laughs) So if you were looking at this text exchange, it looked like an adult friend of the family had asked Lincoln for feed pics. <laughs> you would say, how would it spell? You'd just write feed pics yeah, with question a question mark. mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, people are like, I didn't do this. I don't know what he's talking about. And that's the kind of monster I've raised, Lincoln Phelan, who is, I, to your credit, me and Mommy were talking about the need to have fun. Okay, our concern Saturday night now, and Mommy spoke to this earlier, is seeing as you won't do a radio panel with a guest, um, are you willing to go on live TV with mommy on the couch or should we bump her from the segment? She half wants to get out of it. I mean, she- if you want better ratings, you're just going to have the one on one. Like you never have like <laughs> Trump and Mike Pence on at the same time. Like, you you got to have the you got to have the big guy on. So, Lincoln, yeah, like he gets all the ratings. Lincoln Fela in studio. Uh, he has now been Aaron Judge, a bear. And Donald Trump, seven minutes into this segment. Does that make Mommy the Pence? Mommy's a little more exciting than Pence. I had Pence on the radio. Bit of a snooze. Pence is not exactly not exactly the life of the party, if you will. Uh, but you think ratings-wise. You know how, like, Jesse Waters calls me the ratings fairy? Does that make you the ratings fairy junior? No, I'm the ratings fairy senior. So tonight, junior. I am scheduled to be on Waters World tonight. Do you think I should offer you up instead of me and see if they take it just as a goof? Yeah. Because I think he would. I think he'd rather talk to you at this point than put up with my nonsense. Lincoln Fallow could be on Waters World before he does Fox News Saturday night this weekend. So let's talk Christmas really quick. Okay, Santa coming. Uh, you claim you're in the middle of the road on the on the list. What are kids into in 10th grade? What are they into? Clothes. Is that the big thing yeah. now? Clothes. Sports gear? Yeah. Electronics? Yeah, but everyone kind of has what they need now. Yeah. you Like everybody's been leveled up? Yeah. So let me ask you about this, okay? Uh, obviously, a new iPhone comes out every 30 seconds at this point, but they're trying to get back to wearable technology, Just not just watches, but like the goggles. Now, you had a virtual reality. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. trying to push. Remember how they had Google Glass and a tanked? Apple is trying to release a new set of glasses, and it'll essentially be the next generation iPhone where we're all walking around with glasses on. I don't really want to do that. Do you? No. Like you had a virtual reality headset. Yeah. What happens if you're playing basketball and the ball falls and then you like? Yeah, you get what hit happens? in the face. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, you're not supposed to be playing basketball with your phone on your face. I guess you'd take it off oh. to be clear. But, I mean, knowing you, you probably wouldn't. But the point is, um, I don't want to walk around in that world. Like, when you were wearing a virtual reality headset, and the graphics were good. I tried it on once or twice. But isn't there something, like, weird and not real? I I liked it, but it's, I don't know. I got a headache from it, so I sold it. (laughs) Did you make good money? Yeah. Well, of all the things you sold this year, because Lincoln moved a lot of product. Uh, He sold that. I believe you sold an Xbox, did you not? No. What'd you do with your we Xbox? We didn't put it up yet. Oh, really? Yeah. 
We saw the workout bench. That was a shameful moment. Mm-hmm. Lincoln and we're I. Getting, we're getting upgraded stuff. Yeah, we're also upgrading the weights in our basement. That um, only I use. <laughs> good for you, Lincoln. Uh, the Link Man is in studio, dishing out a lot of tough love. We'll get into more of it when we come back on Fox Across America. It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. Heading out. I'm on a six-day break that will begin... With me and the following guest in Pittsburgh watching the Steelers this weekend, Lincoln and I, uh, for Christmas, one of the things we got each other was a set of Steelers tickets. And we're going out to watch the Steelers battle Bill Hemmer's Bengals. Uh, as we sit here on the radio right now, do the Steelers have a quarterback? All I'm saying is I want to see Kenny M.F. Pickett play. <laughs> You're tired of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Mason Rudolph's not bad. It'd be a good story if Rudolph came in and helped save the season on Christmas, on Christmas Eve. weekend. Yeah. Yes, Ru- that's a good storyline. All right. But so- then mm. you also got Kenny M.F. Pickett coming in. <laughs> it means business. It's going to be great. It's funny because I ran into uh, Bill Hammer is going to be on the Saturday night show. You know, my man Bill Hammer, the big Bengals fan. He makes a cameo on the Saturday night show. Whether he knows it or not, we've booked him. For- he better be there. Hammer, if you're listening. But, uh, you know, he's obviously a diehard Bengals fan, and I told him we were going out to the Steelers game. And uh, it's funny because guys that are, like, true NFL fans, it's it means more to them. It's more than just a game. Like, you understand, if you're a Bengals fan, they've never won a Super Bowl. And he's been a Bengals fan for, his, you know, since he was, you know, younger than you. So it is actually, like, even though, like, he's a buddy and he has me on TV and I have him on the radio, like, our friendship changes, like, when – the idea of playing the Bengals came up. Do you have any friends like that who have an unhealthy relationship yeah. with a football team? Yeah. You have buddies that, like, if their team loses, they, they can't be spoken yeah. to? You know my favorite thing about that is? It's like I always used to think about this. You're like, not on the team. <laughs> it's true, right? I used to do a bit about this when I first started. I was like, you know, I love sports fans because they're the only people who feel bad for a guy who's making, like, $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when the Yankees got knocked out of the playoffs, my, my neighbor Petey was like, dude, Derek Jeter, man. I feel so bad. He's like, he's such a competitor. He wants it so bad. I'm like, Derek Jeter is going home to a supermodel in a mansion. You're going home to a blow-up doll in your mom's basement. I'm like, I feel like Derek Jeter should feel bad for you. You know what I'm saying? Sports has a way of denying people perspective, though. But uh, here we are. We're going out to the Berg. It's a roadie. You and me in the Bronco. Are you going to drive a few miles if I get tired? Mm, yeah. Wouldn't this be the time to learn, though? Route 80 is a straightaway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hear it, Link, man. You could drive. Could you, honestly, do you think for all the Grand Theft Auto you've played, don't you think you could probably s- sort of drive a car? Yeah, not not the sharp turns and stuff, but I could probably drive them like I mean, when regular. we, thank you. When we were in L.A. last, isn't that what you said? Everywhere you went, you look, I totally know the map from Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. And then he got out and shot a hooker with a bazooka. <laughs> like, Lincoln, no. It's not like the game. I kid. Uh, what are you most excited about when it comes to Christmas? Uh, getting, not giving. <laughs> you don't like giving no, a present? Okay. I'm kidding. What a monster. No, you like it. One of the presents I asked for this year is a kind of a giving thing, too. I want a laser pointer to mess with the cat. <laughs> so it kind of gives her something to do, too. But I also think it's really funny. Lincoln and I, we have an 18-year-old cat named Daisy who doesn't shut up. Like, she, if never, any human being stands up at any hour of the night, what does she do? 
<laughs> Any hour. But of the she's night. deaf, and she still is <laughs> loud. Any hour of the night, and what Daisy does, okay, and it's amazing. Do you think she has like Alzheimer's and forgets how much she's eating? Because she's not fat. But no matter what human being walks into a room she's in, she meows you to follow her over to the treats. She kind of got addicted, though. Yeah, she's like a junkie well, now. I showed you. Well, you showed me. You're giving her treats. You gave her like nine. I, I give her three. Yeah. I give her, and they're like little pebble ones. Yeah, they're not big cat treats. But what happens is if you give her like ten, nine, ten, she only gets half of them, and the dog just noses her out of the way and chows down. But the point is, we have a very vocal cat who doesn't shut up, and she is like, she is. You're right. She's probably addicted to the junkie treats. We have like a Hunter Biden cat. She's getting money from Ukraine. The whole thing is a mess. So you're looking forward to that. Are you looking forward to Christmas food? What do you? I mean, you know, we got some family to spend at time Christmas with. Christmas breakfast. The, at, Grammys. at Grammys, yeah. That's a big one. I'll tell you the two best things we eat on Christmas, okay? I actually like Christmas Eve food because that's the, you know, Polish tradition where we have the fish and yeah, the Yeah, but pierogies. I'm not Polish. No, no, I know, but it's still good. We have, you know, the Feast of the Seven. I'm French. Yeah. Oh, you would you shut up? Why are you French? Well, I was Italian like two weeks ago, and then the Giants lost with Devito. So oh, so now you I'm quit Tommy Italian. Devito? <laughs> no, so now I'm not Italian. I'm French now. <laughs> Wait, well, who is the inspiration for you being French? I don't know. I just chose. You one. just abandoned your Italian people. Yeah. You know, like uh, my dad and like cousin Paul Fela are outraged right now. Like, how you do that to, to the old country? They get they, it's very territorial. It's like when it's funny. We have some relatives that if someone mispronounces Fela on TV, they'll actually oh, yeah. message. Jimmy Fallon You weren't the here. one who came over from Sicily. I know. I'm like, dude, you're hanging out at the Olive Garden. You're eating bologna Alfredo. Stop with this old country nonsense. But it's funny. So as we talk to the Link Man and we close the year that was on radio, a lot went on this year. Lincoln would tell you he carried the show. I can't tell you that's true. But I can tell you that when the year resumes, 2024, Link Man, first day back, you know what drops? Stand-up special. Boom. Fox Nation. They're just jokes. You'll watch it on Nation. January 30th, the new book comes out, Link Man. Uh, Cancel Culture Dictionary, an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun. Will you read the Cancel Culture Dictionary? Uh, if I'm allowed to. Oh, you're definitely allowed right. to. It's not a bad. I mean, there's some there's some real dicey jokes. But you were at the taping of my stand-up special. I wasn't allowed to read that last one, that's why. But were you at my stand-up special? Um, was there anything that went too far for you? No. I mean, you tell me I got to try harder in 2024. How was Cousin Jonathan? Was any of it too far for him? No, he liked it. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. No, I just, you know, not that I care. It's too late now. It's, it's coming out. It's not getting changed. Uh, my comedy audience of the year, if we were going to talk about this, was actually Sean Hannity. You've been to a couple of those Hannity's where he lets me do stand-up for the crowd afterwards. I'm like, Sean Hannity is the most successful person in the history of cable news. He's had the longest-running show in the history of cable news. And uh, there's a part of me that thinks he's just tired of it because he keeps cheating career death by letting me do stand-up for his audience. Uh, if Hannity wants me to do it again in 2024, are you going to talk him out of it or are you going to let me throw the fastball? Well, usually when you do comedy, I go, and then I get to see him throw footballs to people who can't catch him. So. <laughs> yeah, the most dangerous thing Hannity does is not let me do stand-up. It's throw Nerf footballs to people who sometimes— the Nerf ones. Yeah, but sometimes these people want them too bad. Have you seen like Aunt Fran got up and yelled to him? My Sean, my our, our Aunt Fran flashed Sean Hannity because she wanted a Nerf football. She clotheslined another woman. No, people get fears for those Hannity football guys like an icon. They want their damn footballs. So that'll be exciting. You know what the best football catch we had this year was? Where I would say Dallas. Dallas. Uh, at AT and T Stadium, we went to the Cowboys. Where I got game. flipped off by every other person. But that's because you're an a hole because you showed up in a freaking Eagles jersey to a Cowboys Kelly game. Green. But well, I mean, I understand you want to be a troll. 
But did you learn a lesson given that you guys got your asses handed to you? I think I got put on someone's Instagram live. You remember the person chasing us out the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taping me? Yeah. <laughs> How about the guy in front of us who was an Eagles fan? First of all, there's a guy who hated everything. <laughs> there was a guy that was an Eagles fan. Like if you were looking for a stereotypical Eagles fan who was angry, he hated everyone. He was cursing out the hot dog guy. He was cursing at us. And at one point, his son turned around to Lincoln. And what did he say? Uh, it's my first game. Can I get a go, Birds? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, after that. Um, so he was He friendly. overheard someone, uh, someone said that I was a Steeler fan, and he overheard it, and he turned around and he called me a traitor. Yeah, he's like, you're not even a real fan. You're a traitor. And now me and Lincoln have to, but like— But he goes, but I like the Steelers, though. <laughs> like, we had to, like, fight his dad in the parking lot. It was bizarre. I would say, was that the best sporting event, or was it Yankees-Cardinals? Yankees-Cardinals was drying. It was awful. too hot, right? But we, had a, but we had so many great fans. There, there, there were great people there, but the game was awful. But everyone in St. Louis knew who we were, and we were heckling, and they were, like, heckling us for heckling. But do you think this coming Saturday uh, in Acroshore Field out in Pittsburgh, we, we can top the Dodgers game where we almost got ejected for heckling Manny Machado? Oh, yeah, because it's a team, like, I actually, like, care about. And it, it's Are you an going important ham? game. It's an important game. It's stands. an important game. Lincoln Fela is going to get ejected. So if you don't see us on Fox News Saturday night, it's because we didn't make the flight back to the city. Ah, the show's over, everybody. Merry Christmas. And we wish all of you the happiest and healthiest of holidays allowable by law. Don't forget to watch The Link Man and his mom. This Saturday night on Fox News Saturday night, Jenny Fallon making her live TV debut. You can hear her sucking it in as we speak. The show is over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican in the new year. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.